0: we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. Uh, We're national champs. Breaking ball. White first pitch swinging in the air to center. Donafrio back,
1: and it's gone. The legend continues. Got him swinging the Campbell Campbell's the dynasty of the Big South.
0: And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. He'll throw, that is a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell! Another extra, oh, that is gone! A a home run for Brian Morrell! Swing and a ball driven! Way back! And foul! No, gone! He did it! Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam! launched. Where will it land?
1: The Hispanic Titanic with a blast again. <laughs>
0: doesn't get cheated. All righty. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the week 11 preview episode of the 11.7 podcast. Hard to believe that we're already three full months into the season. we got a month left of the regular season, and then we have... Conference tournaments coming up, regional, super regionals, college world series, all on the horizon. So really excited about, um, you know, the closing, the closing of the season coming up. Um, this episode is brought to you as always by Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas, who is sponsoring our weekend series pick em competition, which we will be making our picks again later in the episode. We got six series, same rules as always, um, and we have a live leaderboard. For all of our Patreon members that are participating, uh, the winner of the Weekend Series Pick'em competition and our Survivor Pool, will be getting a three-night, three-day stay at Circa's Resort in Las Vegas um, where they're going to hang out with us during the first week of the College World Series. And we're really excited about that just because we get to meet some of our, our fans and just big college baseball fans in general, uh, you know, sit on the rooftop, swimming pool, sports book all the not i mean everything that you can imagine so um really happy with our partnership with circa and then of course yakur tech as well baseball cloud um, they've been really good partners of ours sponsoring our mid-major poll and our podcast all year so thank you to yakur tech and circa um, you guys go check them out on their websites um, or social media pages they do really really good work and um anyway so moving on here our 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 schedule for today's episode, we're going to do a midweek recap. We're also going to talk weekend preview, of course, make our weekend series picks. Um, but kind of the meat of the episode, we're going to be looking at different teams, you know, at their chances of hosting a regional versus maybe, uh, uh, you know, not hosting a regional, I guess would be the opposite. And uh, so we have about 12 teams listed here that are kind of on that regional host bubble. And we're going to walk you through like maybe their their best chance to host a regional. And um, we're also going to talk statistics, you know, stat leaders, individuals and team leaders and kind of tie in how maybe a certain statistic might play to your advantage when you get to the postseason or get your team to the postseason. All righty. So, Dimitri, we are recording this episode at a different time than usual. Usually we're late night. know 2 a.m i know you're in italy right now six hours ahead but we decided to switch it up it is 8 30 eastern a.m not p.m and afternoon your time so we might have a little bit more life here compared to other episodes so i'm excited to uh to do it in the morning
1: yeah no absolutely i mean afternoon for me uh almost three o'clock in the afternoon here hey wide awake Got more energy, a little more focus, and um, probably getting us into the seventh, eighth inning today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah, it's dude, it's a total change of pace for me. I'm used to staying up uh, pretty late here in Eastern Time, and you know, I, I'm usually pretty energized for the first hour of the episode, but then the last thirty minutes typically a big struggle. Today, drag- I'm like yeah today i am i mean i was i just woke up maybe an hour ago uh changed a diaper made some coffee and uh gotten the the podcasting chair ready to go so a little bit uh, a little bit different of a rhythm there all right so let's do a midweek recap here first because as much as like last week last midweek kind of stole the show it was amazing there was tons of uh tons of upsets Tons of teams that maybe made a stance on why they are a top 25 team in the nation versus not. This week was was very exciting. I'm not going to say as, just as exciting as um, last week. But it was, in my opinion, th- this midweek kind of separated for me teams that I can trust in the postseason versus teams I'm not going to trust. And then also the hot, cold, hot theory. That we've we've kind of coined over the last three years, the hot cold hot theory is something to seriously look at. We we kind of say it as a joke sometimes, but there are teams like Virginia and Tennessee that are on opposite spectrums of the hot cold hot theory, and uh, you kind of see that. You kind of see that like building up now. You see the finish line of oh my team was great the first part of the year, they're ice cold. But now you see them heating up, and it's, it gets exciting. You're like, oh, maybe this is the year that uh, Virginia is actually going to win a College World Series versus just get there. Because uh, right now, Virginia's been terrible.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, you hit it when you hit it to a team when you you know you play February and March, super hot month. of April's kind of rough. Like you you're just losing, dropping some series, dropping a whole bunch of midweek. And then all of a sudden you turn that corner and it's May. It's hotter. It's warmer. It's, the sun is out. It's more beautiful. You heat up again, and you just steamroll straight into the postseason. And those are the most dangerous teams are the ones that were down and out, and they just heat up again, and they just steamroll right into the postseason. The momentum doesn't stop,
0: right? So hey, here's here's a team. Like, here's a team I want to start with that. Nobody is like really looking at it this way but I have I've convinced myself but LSU is kind of fitting that hot cold hot theory. And um for I guess let's kind of introduce it maybe there's a new listener or someone that hasn't heard us talk about it. The hot cold hot theory is you play great baseball the first 20 so 20 or so games, 25 games and then in the middle part of your season you cool down, you lose games you're not supposed to, you don't play great, maybe you have injuries. And uh your whole team's just not healthy. And then at the end of the year, the last maybe 15 regular season games, the last 20 regular season games, you heat back up and you just start steamrolling teams. And uh, you know, you got your lineup set, you know which players to trust, you know your starting rotation, and you start winning games. And that's what that's really what Ole Miss did last year. It's what Mississippi State did two years ago. Um and like, even you could even take it a step further and say Oklahoma, who finished second last year, did the exact same thing. Um, there, so there is a science behind it, it happens more than you would think. But LSU, for me, they I know they've been winning games, you know, like last week they swept Ole Miss, right? But they they had to come back and win one of those games, and like they didn't play great. They, they've lost back to-back midweeks now to Louisiana and the nickel state which we'll recap the nickel state game because i I was in awe about it um but you know like lsu's not winning games like they like they were early in the season um really even like early in SEC play where they were scoring 12 15 runs a game 10 runs a game
1: hey, maybe are you saying so you're because I'm like trying to like figure out where you're going with it are you basically saying LSU is so good that this is considered their cold streak just dropping a few midweek dropping a weekend series I'm not the, even a weekend series, one game a weekend like what like where are you where are you I don't I'm
0: trying to find the cold part that's what I'm saying they're so good and I think that they're so talented that we're over like we're overlooking their their offense has not been the same as it was earlier in the season. Um, they're still scoring runs because, like I said, they're the most talented team in the country. Uh, but also, you mix in injuries that are happening. Like they have a ton of injuries going on, especially on the pitching side of things. But they're not playing. They're, like, they're not playing crisp, clean baseball. um You know, they're giving up mental errors, stuff like that. Like they're kind of in a. I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say is, but. They're not playing their best baseball. And would, a fun, would it be a, a Yeah, like bit a fun. funk. Maybe they're not even cold. It's like they're, they're cooled cool. off. They're cooled off because they're still winning games. But I, I I promise you, Dimitri, I think this team has about four or five more gears to get into. And like once the once the postseason happens, might not even be in Hoover, but I think once you get in regional play, you're gonna see a completely different LSU team. That's um, going to be scary, and playing their best baseball of the year. I really do think that they can they can switch it into about three or four more gears higher than what they're playing. Um, but they, it's almost I like they're like coasting right now.
1: I think their lineup has been hey for the most part. Their lineup has been pretty consistent this year. Yeah, they're they're their run per game is probably down the past seven eight games or six games ish. But overall, I think they've been one of the more consistent units in the country. Their offense, their pitching is where it's like, all right, buddy. Like we, this, the pitching is what needs to heat up. The pitching is what needs to tighten up and really buckle down because that offense, you can't ask them to hit a grand slam every game. You can't ask them to cash in two out RBI every single two out run. Like that's that's almost like a coin flip at that point so if that offense puts up five runs then you give up six that's a tough pill to swallow when you lose games like that mm-hmm. so that's what i'm saying like they're pitching is what is the only thing i think that could be considered cold
0: right um i, I think the reason why they're often, like i'm considering their offense cooled off or cold right now is just because you got players that are injured right mm-hmm. now like tommy white's injured trey morgan's injured um you know Dugas has been injured recently as well. Um, you're it, it's like the perfect like coasting mode that lsu's in. Maybe that's the best way to put it they're they're not playing one hundred and ten percent like they're not playing balls out dirt bag style baseball it, It's mostly like all right, we're gonna just gonna play a we're gonna play like a a man i, I hate I hate using this phrase phrase, so I'm not gonna say it but do you do you understand where I'm coming from? I'm putting my own brain in a pretzel now. It, it's it's like they're not trying to take the extra base. They're not trying to um hit a but home it, run every think time. Of
1: it, think of it as a 152 162 game MLB season. When you hit the dog days of June, July. The dog days. That's August. what I was that's Geiger, what I'm trying Geiger, to say. Like they're trying to get across the finish line. They're trying to get to the the final half of the season, the final third, and then they'll light the flame again and we'll just steamroll into the, the end of it. We'll give it everything they have. Empty the tank.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: for now, they're just trying to stay alive, stay healthy, stay consistent. Um, and Then when May rolled around and when Hoover rolled and then you got the regional at the box, I think if you're going to see all that come back into play again.
0: Right. Like playoff hockey is a great example. I don't know anything about hockey. I just know that like when the postseason comes when when the postseason rolls around, you see these teams play at a different level. And I think that's what we're going to see from LSU. So if you're an LSU fan or an LSU hater, ultimately what I'm trying to say is like, don't take these midweek losses too hard. Um, Don't don't value them too much. It's a great story for Nichols. It's a great story for Louisiana to win these games. But I promise you this is not the LSU team that you're gonna see in the postseason, which is all that matters. And like LSU isn't a perfect opportunity now where they can coast into the postseason, you know, get healthy um, because they're gonna be a national seed pretty much no matter what. They have three six, nine, twelve SEC games left against Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Georgia. even if they finish 500. like it, like even if they finish 500, in those 12 games, 6 and 6, they're going to be a national seed. They're not probably not going to be the number 1 team in the country. Um but national seed is all that matters. You want to lock up a home playoff series in uh in a super regional and then once you get to Omaha anything can happen. Seeding does not matter there. Um and I think Jay Johnson knows that. I think the players know that as well. Like they put themselves in a position to to kind of coast through the rest of the year, get healthy and uh and move on from there. But Anyways, I, I don't want to spend too much time on LSU. I just know that there's a lot of listeners and a lot of uh, college baseball fans that are interested in them because I've been tagged in dozens of tweets like, hey, is Wake Forest really the number one team in the country? Or hey, isn't South Carolina better than LSU? Um, the number one, the rankings for number one mean nothing right now, literally zero. Um, so I, I, I don't want to say like stop. Tagging me in tweets or stop asking me if Wake Forest or uh, South Carolina hey. or Van- Vanderbilt are number one um, or LSU like it's gonna figure itself out and it's really not gonna matter. Top if, eight's all if, that matters.
1: If I'm South Carolina, Wake Forest, LSU, if I'm any of those teams, I don't want the number one national seed because if bad bad juju, bad mojo, bad history, you don't want to be the number one national seed. It, it doesn't end well.
0: Right. Oh, I mean, it's been since 1999, since the number one overall seed, the Miami Hurricane. Right. So, like I said, and you will you will agree with this. One through eight doesn't matter, but if you're in one through eight, like you're in a good position. Like they're all about the same.
1: You can't help yourself any more than that. If you want to nitpick it. Yes, being one and two, is, or being one is easier, when you get to Omaha, all eight national seeds make it. You're technically seeded with the, the better side of the
0: bracket, but, but it never works out. Like like at that point, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So, right,
1: um, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's get into these midweek.
0: Yeah, let's start right here with the with nickel State. Um, nickel State upsets the number one team in the country, LSU, and. They had a clutch hit, and, and I believe it was in the uh, the top of the night. They were down. Let's see. No, I mean, no, they they t- no. They tied it in the eighth. I, I'm looking at the box score now. You're right. So they tied it in the eighth inning, um, and and their pitchers were doing a great job just keeping LSU off balance all game. LSU had a big sixth um, sixth inning. They scored four runs, and you are kind of like, oh, okay, LSU takes the lead four three in the sixth inning. They're gonna end up winning by you know five or six runs. Um Nickel State's out of pitching, but but no, they 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 ended up just shutting LSU out until the bottom of the ninth. But there was a clutch, I think it was a pinch hit, two two RBI single in the top of the ninth to give them a six to four lead. And I'm thinking, like, oh wow, like three the last three outs are the hardest outs. Um, but like they can do this. And then of course, Jared Jones, leadoff homer, bottom nine, that goes five hundred feet. And I'm like, oh, oh, she's going to walk this one off. They load the bases up. And then the best play that I've seen in college all year, maybe. Bases loaded, one out. Cade Beloso at the plate. And they have like a mini shift on him because he does pull the ball a lot. And he bloops a ball 130 feet from home plate. Shortstop. uh, I had his name pulled up and I just forgot. I I will not be able to pronounce it here, but let's see. but he runs so far. Diving catch over the shoulder. Uh Parker Cadu, junior shortstop, um runs super far, catches a ball over his shoulder, doubles a guy up, second base. Incredible.
1: Great. It was a great play. It was like a yeah, it was like, it was like I don't want to say it was like a super spectacular, like holy crap, I can't believe, but it was like very clean, like well done baseball play where it's like, it's not routine, but it's not like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And there's but, two things here on this play that um, I need, we need to talk about. So the first thing is whoever the pinch runner was at second base, I, I can't remember his name and I'm sorry. I should have came more prepared, but uh, he just takes off. Like after he sees the ball, like looking like it's going to drop, he takes off cause he's the winning run. Um, he wants to score the, the winning run. If the ball drops at all, He's 100% scoring. LSU walks it off. Um there was a ton of LSU fans mad about that. Um I agree with them in a way. Like you got to be halfway. There's nobody covering second base, so you can you can extend pretty far off and get back in time. But he... He was already touching if, third.
1: If he would have, if let's just say they dropped and he scored, not a single person would have been like, hey, we got lucky. Like, he took off way too early. They would have been like, oh, what a smart IQ baseball yeah. play. What a <laughs> what a great job by him. He really read it, and he just went with his gut. Like, so that's why yeah. winning and losing, w- losing baseball game makes everybody mad. Winning baseball game cures everybody's problems. Right. So, but here's what I want to talk about. Nickel is first in the Southland. they yeah. They have a half game lead over Incarnate Word in the Southland. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won five straight. They've got a series win over um, Memphis. A series win over Louisiana Monroe. Um, got one against Nebraska. Got blown out one game, but they lost a one run game against Nebraska. They've already. They took two out of three against McNeese. So. And they beat Lamar two out of three too. So like this team is like this could be a team that we might see in the postseason winning the base the Southland tournament. Um, right, and we if, if they
0: win the Southland tournament, we may see them back at an LSU regional.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, they've got Northwestern, Southeastern, Louisiana, Corpus Christi, and New Orleans. So still a pretty tough schedule in front of them. But hey, if there's a time for this team to heat up and really um, you. Build off of that win at LSU. Now at the time, so mm-hmm. keep an eye on Nickel. They 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 look like they have a pretty solid club.
0: Yeah. Um. Another big upset that happened on Tuesday. Missouri State was was hosting Arkansas, and uh, Missouri State just beat the crap out of them. And Arkansas is struggling right now because remember they just got swept at Georgia um, last weekend, and Missouri State was fired up. Like they wanted that game more than anything. That was their Super Bowl you know you're hosting a top 10 team at home in the midweek and, and missouri state has a beautiful stadium um and
1: but don't they share it with springfield
0: yeah they, they share it with the cardinal. marley team yeah with the, they the, share
1: with it the uh, i think it's the cardinal
0: mm-hmm. and um but yeah i was i mean missouri state right kind of in the thick of things in the missouri valley conference we know that's a really good conference um uh, they're probably not going to win the regular season there but they did win the tournament, the the Missouri Valley tournament last year, and they went over to uh, Oklahoma State in the regional and played pretty well. So they're heating back up, and and Arkansas maybe is another contender for the hot, cold, hot theory because right now, like they have big time injury bug, uh, offense isn't scoring enough runs, like not even close, and uh, pitching staff's been a little shaky. So um, Ar- Arkansas is another team where their fans are freaking out right now, but. Just be patient, because they like they're going to heat back up. They're a talented team.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: speaking of Missouri State,
1: they're having a re- they're having a pretty good year, but Indiana State is just on another level right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even talk about this on Sunday night, but Indiana State ended up playing their third and final game of that series against uh, Southern Illinois on Monday and ended up sweeping them. Three-game lead, 14-1 in Missouri Valley play. I mean, Missouri State still three games back. Um, Both of those teams will um, meet up the final weekend of the year. So that could end up being the regular season title. Um, You got to love it. When it comes down to the final weekend, one versus two, winner of the series wins the the regular season title. Pretty fun heading into uh, conference tournaments. So, yeah, I really like the Missouri Valley. I mean, Southern Illinois is not dead yet. They, they've got a lot of work to do, but um, going back to what you said about Arkansas, yeah, I mean, they're still a top 10 team in the country going through their brutal stretch. I mean, it started, it kind of started with that LSU series at the end, at the end of March, um, and then Alabama came in, got smoked on Friday night, and then LSU, at LSU, they ended up winning that series, but they're just kind of like surviving, surviving. And then Tennessee, they swept them. But I think that was mm-hmm. the worst weekend of all Tennessee played all year. Um, right, right. It was like one-run game, two-run game, 4 like every game died by like four runs or less. Um, mm-hmm. So then you get swept by Georgia. I think Arkansas is fine. I just think they need to – I mean, I think Tiger coming back soon. I think um, another – one of their big pieces coming back. But getting Tiger back at the end of the game is going to be humongous. Because, I mean, Georgia mm-hmm. put up – Two runs in the eighth and ninth to um to win that game. And then they put up three in uh, wait.
0: They no, hit that game time grand slam yeah. and then the walk-off home run. So five runs in the ninth on Sunday.
1: Yeah. So I mean Tiger coming back will be massive for our for the Hogs. So um, I, there's not nothing to worry about for me with Arkansas. Make it to the tournament of the host. Worst case scenario, you're a regional host, best case, you're a national seed. The rest is the rest is up in the air from there. So right. regular season matters, but once you secure a hosting spot or a super regional spot or a national seed, who cares? Mm-hmm. I don't think this Georgia series really does any too much damage to them in terms of being a host.
0: Yeah, I mean it really just saved Georgia season. That's about it. Um they're, if Georgia, they're hot.
1: Georgia's yeah. hot. It is what it
0: is. Georgia's hot, Tennessee's hot. Even like you could make a case for like Duke out there red hot right now duke had a big mid uh midweek win and uh you remember back in 2019 when they finished like 19 straight wins and they were a two seed in that tennessee regional they won the acc tournament um well we got kind of a flashback there with duke uh, beating campbell in the midweek four to two like for a game that i thought was going to be super high scoring um it looked like both teams like they i mean they pitched incredible um and and, and that's at campbell's field which is pretty small pretty hitter friendly um but yeah duke's won 12 of their last 14 games six in a row you look down their schedule and you're like oh i could see duke making a run and duke has put themselves not only in a hosting picture but they finished strong like they could be the second best acc team and getting a national seed pretty easily um and dude what i like about what i like about duke's team is starting pitching very underrated um they got dudes that throw pretty hard and they throw strikes and then right now the offense it's a pretty veteran offense like alex mooney and stuff uh mj um not melendez but i forget his name uh but they've been they've been hot and i
1: mean who gets fifth in the country in team era with a 349 era they yeah. can really pitch. it. They've been up there. They've been like top five, top six most of the year in terms of ERA. So they
0: can really pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love their pitching. And they, they did win a game at Wake Forest. They lost the series earlier in the year. Um, but like right now in the ACC, in my opinion, it goes Wake Forest one and then about 10 spaces down. And then you get like the Duke and the Virginia um Miami Boston College like it, there's just such a big separate or separating in the ACC from Wake Forest which like right now I think if they played the tournament Wake Forest would win the national championship because like their starting pitching is incredible and then you get an you get an offense like that not only do they hit bombs but they just work pitchers to death um they get starting pitching out early and uh they feast off of bullpens it's it's really really cool to see wake forest have a legitimate national championship contending team um after like all these years we've seen them build it up because they've built that program up recently yep. like last five they, years or so
1: another another uh gate another midweek that involved an ACC team nc state um and east carolina they played a really really clean um really clean baseball game out uh
0: in raleigh NC yeah. State, and those were out, two, five, yeah. four. those um, were two struggling teams. They both got swept the week before uh, NC state got swept by Clemson and then East Carolina got swept at Wichita. So this was a big midweek game just to get the, the train back on the tracks for both of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, East Carolina struggling big time right now. Um, lost that series to Houston, swept UCF and then swept Cincinnati. Um, but since so, then, and, I mean, they, they, get, then they get swept by Wichita. I'm not saying it's the panic time. Oh, I just smacked the shit out of my <laughs> podcast, Mike. Um, They.
0: Wait, did you just say uh, mom? What? <laughs> Never mind. I thought you said mom. You meant Mike, no, though, right?
1: American podcast, Mike. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so the American Athletic is not oh in a walk by any means yet, but East Carolina got to get get going a little bit get, like the famous quote of our former head coach got to get going a little bit um you know who i'm talking about we gotta, yeah we gotta east carolina
0: going. they've east carolina's played their way out of not only a national seed but like a regional host right now like they would be a two seed if the, stu- if the tournament started today um and they, they they're, so they're a game back of wichita and houston which are tied for first but they don't have the tiebreaker against either one of them so um, if East Carolina doesn't win the regular season title, I don't see any way that the committee gives them a regional host um, just because of how weak the conference is. You look through the RPIs, Wichita State's the next highest at 97, and then you get a bunch of like 100s and 200s in that, in that conference. So um, East Carolina's got to get going. I mean, maybe it is a hot, cold, hot theory for them. Um, it, they kind of fit the mold. If they can just heat back up the last 15 games of the season, play good baseball, um, you know they should be like East Carolina should be a host. I think they're good enough. But
1: I think I think this is just giving us food fodder to talk about. But at the end of the day, I think East Carolina is still going to win the American Athletic. I mean, they've got two lanes: Cincinnati and Memphis. Their next three series, those are all extremely winnable.
0: Those those are the three worst teams in the conference.
1: Yeah, very sweepable, very winnable. Then they've got a tough—I don't want to say tough, but it's going to be a challenge on the road in Tampa against South Florida at the end of the year. So, and they've got they've got North Carolina, Old Dominion, Campbell midweeks all sandwiched in there. So they've got all the opportunity in front of them. wouldn't right. hit the panic button. Yeah, but but you you don't have much room for error if you want to host a regional at Clark LeClaire.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean everybody's thinking like this could be the year East Carolina finally gets to Omaha. I mean, they were my preseason pick to win the whole thing. Um, Right now, I don't see any way that they can win the whole thing unless they just pull a Coastal Carolina or a a Mississippi State or Ole Miss, just dominate teams in the postseason. Um, I I don't think they have enough pieces and enough depth to get through a tournament, like a regional double elimination, beating a really good team two out of three. Right now, they're not showing it for me
1: how about how about another midweek that i really actually really enjoyed with troy and auburn troy
0: i love this troy team dude i love them um,
1: troy you know fell down six one in the first inning came back answered with four more and then later on sixth inning answered with three more ended up winning a seven at auburn on the plane this troy team rpi is up the top 30 i think it's like 29 right now um They've got a lot of good series win. They went through a rough patch with Gulf Coast, UCF, Georgia State. And after that, they kind of picked it back up again. Um, lost lost to Southern Miss. Blew, blew one of those games late. got out of hand. Um, beat Louisiana on the road. Beat Texas State. Um, so they've got a lot to play for still. A lot to play for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I tweeted about it. But Troy is a team that you don't want to see in a regional because, like, one, they they play a different style of baseball than what we're used to. Like, they kind of play a 2010 through 2012 style baseball um, where they can beat you in, like, multiple different ways. And they just have a bunch of, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I just picture it where, like, they have a bunch of very under-recruited players um, down in the Southeast. Guys that, you know, dream to play in the, play, playing in the SEC and the ACC, playing for the big schools. But maybe went under-recruited, maybe didn't go to enough perfect game showcases or whatever the case may be, whatever, but that was a joke. Um, and uh, But they, they they mesh together really well. Um, they're a super high-energy team, and they have power. I mean, they have the guy, Shane Lewis, I think – They're is,
1: tied for 11th in the country with 76 homers.
0: Right, and they, they don't play in a hitter-friendly ballpark at all. Um, it's a big field, big right-field wall. Um, kind of extends almost to center field, um, but they the the one thing that I saw with them is like they are a complete like they are a team like they they don't have individuals out there that are trying to showboat or trying to make it about them like when a guy gets hit by a pitch the dugout explodes um, so a high energy team like that in the postseason even if it's an elimination game uh, they could be facing a one seed in an elimination game in a regional. And, like, they're going to out-energize that one seed. It doesn't matter. So, um, Troy is sitting in third place right now in the Sun Belt, 29 RPI. Um, I, they're, they're going to probably end up in this tournament. And I think they can make some noise as a mid-major. If they, if
1: they can just hit that cruise control button, don't fall too low, and just kind of cruise their way in, they, sh- they will be a tournament team. Um, Shout-out, I mean, Shane Lewis broke their single-season B.B. Corey home run record with his 19th homer of the year against Auburn um they've got four guys in double-digit home runs 19 15 10 and 10 so they can definitely really beat you with a long ball hey Shane Lewis 326 19 homers 63 RBI
0: yeah he's a catalyst man he's got such a sweet left-handed swing too Um, um big I'm a big fan of this Troy team
1: yeah I mean and they've got I mean, their they're Saturday and Sunday guys are kind of struggling. You know, they're in the five and six DRA range. But they've got a Gray Friday night guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure Grayson Stewart is pitching on Friday night. Let's see here. The 22nd would have been, yep, uh, Saturday. So he's been pitching on Saturday. 16 was so Sunday. Then the 8th was Saturday. So he looks like he'd been Saturday, Sunday guy, depending on how this Series goes with you know rain or pushback whatever, so they've got a middle of the pack guy. So if you can win and get a win on Friday night, they've got Stewart. Good team, good team. Yeah. I like what I see. From Troy,
0: um, the, another midweek that we kind of kept an eye on was Fullerton at Arizona State for two games. And game one, and and like people know this already, so I'm not I'm not about to shy away. But I still don't like. I didn't believe in this Arizona State team at all. They were like one in nine or something, and against quadrant one teams, like they were beating up on bad teams. We saw them at the top of the Pac-12 standings, and I thought I thought a lot of people were overhyping them, but they go out and win a huge series last weekend, um, and then against uh, Stanford, no, no, um, I'm sorry, Oregon State. They go out and win against Oregon State two out of three. They got and- so
1: lucky to stop. They got so lucky and somehow got that series, but. Hey, they, series one of
0: the series win. I mean, they, dude, their offense was incredible. They scored eleven runs, eleven runs, twelve runs against a good Oregon yep. State pitching staff, and they carried it over into Tuesday, where they just obliterated Cal State Fullerton. And uh, I mean, everybody knows how much we love this Cal State Fullerton team uh, as one of the best mid majors. I mean, they they beat them nine to one, out hit them seventeen to five, and like on Monday or sorry on Tuesday night, I was like, do you know what, dude? Arizona State might be the best team. Um, I mean, them and Stanford might be neck and neck in the Pac-12. Uh, and then yesterday was funny. So Wednesday, the second game of the midweek against Cal State Fullerton, um, it was, dude, it was just runs galore. I mean, it was crooked number after crooked number every inning. And uh, er, Cal State Fullerton tied it 8-8 eight to eight in the 7th. And there was no run scored until the 11th. But Cal State Fullerton ended up winning 11-8, scored three. There was 30 combined hits. Um, but – like this midweek was beneficial to both Cal State Fullerton and Arizona State because they both jumped up in the RPI. Like they split it one and one, but it helped both of their RPIs. Um, which is like kind of unique, you know? Usually like one and one, you're like, okay, maybe one team will drop, one team will gain a little bit, or they'll stay about the same.
1: Yeah, if both teams are good. If both teams are really good, it'll it'll help both teams. Yeah. It usually um, works that way.
0: So, I mean, Arizona State, they do have a tough stretch to finish the season. They have Oregon for three, Stanford for three, USC for three, and UCLA for three. So those are four of the best teams in the Pac-12. But, I mean, if they can go, let's see, that's 12 games there. If they can go six and six in those 12 games, that's a solid two seed um, in the tournament. And if they go nine and three, that they're going to host a regional. It, it's like that simple. Thirteen yeah, and four yeah. in the Pac twelve.
1: I think Arizona State's got everything in front of them. Um just don't get swept and you'll be in a good spot to be at be there at the end to win that Pac twelve air season title. Fullerton, yeah. on the other hand, three and a half game lead over Northridge, and Santa Barbara in the Big West. But they've got their they've got arguably their one their second toughest stretch of the year. I mean, they have Stanford, Michigan, USC, Texas to start the year. But this might be tougher they've got northridge TCU, uc san diego long beach
0: but that's good for a team that like this stretch like cal state fullerton needed this stretch because even though they've had a very good season like very successful their rpi is sitting at 49 and and you're looking at their schedule and you're like man they've won a lot of big games and like swept some good teams like could have won some series like their rpi should be higher than 49 which 49 is usually a bubble team uh, when it comes to selection sunday but now that they get in RPIs 60 sorry, yeah, 67, 51, 32, 75. I mean, that's 10 games right there from lower. I mean, right in that quadrant one, quadrant two window. Um, like they need this because if they don't win the big West somehow, then they might not make a regional, um, even as an at large. I think
1: it, that, I think this is a postseason caliber team. Um for sure, they might not—they might not woo you with home runs and big power on the bump, but they find ways. They just win ball. They just win baseball games, and at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. So, yeah. um, I mean, they've got—they've got all kinds of series wins. They've got a series win over Texas. Should have one over Stanford. Series win over Irvine. Um, with, series win over Santa Barbara. Winning over UCLA, like this team's got everything you need, so they just just don't trip up and just get through this next two three weeks, and I think they're going to be in a really good spot. So
0: yeah, they have nine quadrant one wins. They're nine and six in quadrant one now. Fullerton's an interesting team because like they, they could, if they run through the if last part of their roll, season, yeah, if they, they, roll, could, they be,
1: could be in that hosting range. Yeah, that's dude. A lot
0: of work. They, they're they're anywhere from hosting a regional to not even in the tournament, depending on these last 15 games, um, which is which is cool because, you know, they scheduled at TCU for a reason. You know, probably a few years ago, they put it on the schedule for this year. Um, but at TCU is going to help their RP out a lot. And and anytime a team can go from like hosting a regional to not in the tournament, like that's the important games that you got to you got to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more midweek. I don't know if you had any more, but one more midweek that just really interesting to me is Louisville just absolutely spanking well, Kentucky. Yeah. It was all late in the game. All those runs were late in the game. But they, I mean, they all hit them thirteen to four. Kentucky never even had really much of a chance. They got nothing going in this game. But the weird, the weird thing for me is this Louisville team, like. Yeah. They lost series to Notre Dame, lost series to NC State. Both of them were on the road. Come home, sweep Boston College, play Wake Forest, somewhat tight. Um, I mean, it was it wasn't that close, but it was not bad. And then they loot to Indiana. guess swept by Duke. They blow out Kentucky, and now you're just like, okay, if Louis, the good Louisville team going to show up at home against Miami? Like this, we know how good they can be, but we've also seen how bad they can be. So it's like. Where do we put this Louisville team? Are they yeah. are they more of a two-seed in the regional? Because that's a scary two-seed. Are they a hosting team? Like uh, It's just interesting because if they roll through the next – if they really dominate the rest of their schedule, they're going to be a regional – I mean, a, a host. Because they've got Miami, take care of Clemson. If they can win a series in Virginia, close it out with a god-awful Florida State team, I mean – that's two more top 25 series wins if they beat Miami and Virginia. So it's like this team is interesting because you don't know if they're good or not.
0: Or yeah. I, well, we know that they're, they can be really good. They swept through that Shriners classic tournament early in the year, but they, and, and you know what? I think this sweet like them getting swept by Duke was, is misleading because they led for 24 of those 27 innings. Duke I, I, I hit know two walk-offs. I know. And then they also had, they blew the lead in the bottom of the eighth. Um, and I think if they would have played that that weekend series back in March, Louisville would have won the series for sure. Well, Duke's even just home. Yeah, we're we're at home, but like Duke's just playing great baseball right now. So they got swept. Um, I don't put too much weight into it. I think it says more about Duke just being a resilient team. But you're right. Like Louisville has shown where they can be like compete with the best of them, but also like just lose to teams that are not good. I'm just looking at these yep. ACC standings right now, and like, dude, there's one, two, three, four teams with eight wins, two more with nine, and then you got like 10, 11, 12 for the rest, and then Wake Forest at 16. So, like, a big thing for me is like, everybody's kind of still alive except for Florida State, even Georgia Tech and Pitt, who are like eight and 11 and eight and 13. They can still play their way into an at large picture. Like, they just got to win series. Yep.
1: Do um, you have any other midweek?
0: Um, Not off the top of my head. I mean, I know Miami hit a million home runs. That was good to see. Uh Yo-Yo Morales is finally getting hot again. He was uh, just not hitting baseballs hard for a while. But he hit like two or three home runs this midweek. Or sorry, two home runs this midweek. Um Campbell. Campbell's an interesting team right now because RPI is sitting like in the 30s somewhere. But they're ranked top 10 in, in most um most polls like d1 baseball thing has them at nine um i don't think campbell has any way to host a regional this year so they're going to be a really good two seed
1: hey one more one more um one more thing mississippi state governor's cup champs um and they already won the series then they take the midweek they absolutely um control the governor
0: cup for the 2023 season yeah, somebody had to somebody they've had to, to win back. the governor's cup. But, <laughs> I said, yeah, somebody had to win it.
1: Well, they already won the series two out of three. So I mean yeah, I what if they would have lost this midweek, they would have finished two and two. That would have been boring. Right. Um, but anyway, they've got I mean that, that game was actually a really good game in Pearl at Trustmark, which we all we're all not fans of Trustmark Park anymore. Um after the Southern Miss, old miss debacle where the field was garbage. Um, yeah. But anyway, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M all in front of them. They're either about to get absolutely buried in the dirt or they're going to make some noise. There's no way around it. They're either going to shock everybody and be an incredible team the next four weeks or they're just going to get absolutely bodied.
0: Yeah. I mean, Mississippi State's definitely playing better baseball than they have they're, the rest of the year. much better. They, dude, they blew that lead um, to Auburn on Sunday. Which, if they would have won that game, if Mississippi State would have beaten Auburn, I think they were up, let's see, seven nothing, and then they, nine to three, and seven then Auburn. Nothing. Yeah, and then Auburn ended up winning that game. But if Mississippi State would have won that game against Auburn, um, they would have had three SEC series wins in a row. And like going up against Tennessee, which at the time, like people were thinking, like, oh, they can win that S- that Tennessee series, but then Tennessee decided to crank it up 10 notches, and, and like, they're playing good can you baseball. Believe,
1: can you believe Tennessee is tied for fourth in home runs with 84? I would have never thought it. I would have never thought this Tennessee team was cranking gangers again.
0: Yeah, and, dude, there's going to be, like, both teams, Mississippi – so I guess we're moving on to, like, the previewing of the weekend section. Um, Thursday night is Tennessee hosting Mississippi State – and it's at Tennessee's field. I, I've heard the weather is going to be like wind blowing out pretty much all three games. Um, like there, there might be 30 home runs hit this weekend from these two teams because like both pitching staffs give up a lot of home runs and uh, both offenses hit a lot of home runs. Well, uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. I think this is going to be – I mean, it's a do-or-die weekend for Mississippi State and really a not, I'm not going to say do-or-die weekend for Tennessee, but – Like Tennessee, if you're Tennessee, like this is a must-win series for people to take you seriously. Like, can you do it back to back? You're at home um, against Mississippi State, who like you're you're more talented than them this year. People shouldn't argue with that. Uh, Tennessee is a more talented team. So, like, can Tennessee build off of their sweep last week against Vanderbilt? Um, But hey, if like Mississippi State comes in and wins two out of three, I'm totally off the Tennessee train. I think that they are. Like, that would convince me that they're not a team to take seriously.
1: You can't, you can't do that. That's not fair. You can't just say, I'm on or off the train immediately. Give us give, give some time. I think this Tennessee team, hey, we got to trust our gut a little bit here. We were wrong about pro- projecting them to win the SEC in the beginning of the year. But, hey, you saw Chase Burns throwing Fuego 100 miles an hour out of the bullpen. If they can kind of – if they find that perfect placement of that pitching step. That team's dangerous again. because if Jake Burns can come in and throw three, four innings out of the pen and close out a game. That's huge.
0: Huge. Oh, he's, he's been much better out of the bullpen. I'm a huge fan so, of them moving him to the bullpen. Like throw back to back days. Team,
1: I like where this team can go from here. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we all know you gotta win ball games between Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. That's when you gotta win games to make a difference. So we'll see. I think this Tennessee team really need to prove that they don't need to play down their come. They can really stomp on somebody's throat when in crunch time when they really need to win a series. So the pressure's on them. Um let's see how they respond. Mm-hmm. Arkansas needs to respond Thursday. They big time against AM. Um AM fighting for their life. They're not on life support yet, but this is a series that would really help them give some comfort.
0: Are you talking about AM here? Yeah. Dude, I mean, I think if you're A&M, like you couldn't pick a better time to play Arkansas because like A&M struggled early in the season, but A&M's been playing pretty good baseball um, and like showing that they can, I mean, I like this A&M team a lot, not as much as last year's team, but they kind of have the same formula. Like when their pitching's doing well, um, you know, their offense kind of like trickles behind it. And like they won a series last week at Kentucky, uh, which is huge. They won the series before that against Missouri. They won the series before that against Auburn. They won the series before that against Ole Miss. Um, so like since being swept against Tennessee, they've won four straight SEC series. And then you look at like, oh, wow, numbers, you're going to number six, Arkansas. Well, if there's a time to play Arkansas, it's right now when they're injured, um, they're, they're losing baseball games. So I'm, I'm actually much more high on Texas A&M. Like I don't think they're near life support at all. Even if they lose this series, but still get a win, um they still have like Alabama, Mississippi State on their schedule. Uh I think te- I think Texas AM, if they win the series, gets back put in that regional hosting picture.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The AM is still not dead yet. They can still get a regional at Bluebell Park in College Station. So everything's still in front of them, which is why this is the best time of the year because it almost like we can play a full season in these final four weeks and how yeah. much things can change. Like this is where if you want something, you got to go get it. There's no, there's no mistakes. There's no room for mistakes. You have got to play your best ball for four straight weeks. You can make every, you can change your whole season just in the blink of an eye. So
0: let me ask you really this, Dimitri. So we have Mississippi State at Tennessee and Arkansas at Texas A&M both starting Thursday. Those are the two SEC series. If you only had one TV and like only access to one channel, which one of those two games would you be watching?
1: A&M. <laughs> Or Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi State. I think I would have the Tennessee game on.
0: I see. I think I would have this Arkansas game on,
1: which is fine. I mean, I I, I, I want to see Tennessee put everything together again. I want to see them do it again. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, we'll see. I, I think. I, I think that see, because Mississippi State's playing on life support at this point, there is winner to go home time of the year for them,
0: right? and i and so i asked you that question because i know what your real answer would be miami's playing at louisville thursday night so like tonight when we release the episode but you didn't give me that choice i said. know that's why i didn't give you that choice i know because miami at louisville like it's a top 20 matchup um like i guess with the rankings but both of them need this series to boost their rpi um they're, they're both kind of outside of that hosting picture they can both play their way in. I, I I think Miami will end up hosting a regional for sure, um, but I'm probably gonna watch a little bit more of that Miami Louisville series just because yep. it's gonna separate like which team to take serious and which one not to, because they've both shown signs of. I mean they're 22 and 24 in the RPI, um, both nine and ten against quadrant one teams. They've kind of had like similar seasons, like roller coasters almost. Where but, great. but the thing is,
1: the, th- the interesting is Miami dominates every team that's quote unquote below them in terms of standing talent, whatever you want to call it. They just get their ass kicked by the good teams. Wake Forest and Virginia, they just got their ass kicked by them, but everybody else they beat. So well, it's like.
0: What, what concerns me about Miami is they're four and 11 on the road this year. And that's like against everybody, not just ACC teams. Yeah. So. And and Louisville's 20 and five at home. And I think two of those losses were to Wake Forest. So take Wake Forest out of it. They're 20 and three.
1: We'll get we'll get back into this series as just one of our um weekend series them. So we'll talk about a little bit more about that series as we get on. Um any other series this weekend that you want to get into before we get into our them?
0: Yeah, hundreds of series. Um the oh,
1: hey, don't don't make it like oh,
0: there's a bunch of series. I was just opening the door for you, man. Yeah, um, so there's there's a few series here that uh, wow, I just clicked on the 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 wrong week. Hold on one second. Um, There were a few teams that I'm like really looking at this week. Maybe not because they're playing against like a good opponent or anything, but um, teams like Dallas Baptist, um, UConn, Boston College, um, UTSA, Indiana, East Carolina, Duke. Teams that are kind of on that regional bubble right now. Um, I'm like really looking forward to see them because usually and this happens every year usually teams will play their way out of hosting a regional you know they have the the path the clear path right in front of them to to host a regional and then they fall off at the end of the year once they get some pressure and some attention and like for example indiana uh maryland which is in our weekend series pick them that has huge implications on like huge huge if, if, if indiana is going to be a, a regional host or not and maryland hasn't lost a big 10 series since 2021 uh they went undefeated last year in series and then they've been undefeated so far this year in the big 10 so that's a tough test for indiana west virginia is another team that like has played their way into regional host but like they go to baylor and baylor's been more competitive recently um like can west virginia just hold the line and just move to the next week dallas baptist is going to rice um now rice isn't what they used to be but like really dang good team this year like been competitive with everybody dallas baptist like should host a regional as long as they cruise through the rest rest of their season um but like is the pressure going to get to them they just blew a game against tcu uh go ahead grand slam and it it ended their 14 game win streak but like rice can be a pain in the butt man like they can uh like rice could win this series at home so i'm looking at that one a lot and then um
1: I think, here, I'm going to interject this series here. Well, I think Old Dominion and Texas State is an elimination series this weekend. I think one of those teams, yeah. whoever loses this series, can kind of be kind of pushed out of that push to get a large bid in the, in the fun belt. Um, they're both, I mean, they're identical. They're both 10-8 sun belt, Old Dominion 54 RPI, Texas State 55 RPI they they just got a four more quad one wins, too so they've got a better schedule overall but they're pretty identical so winner of this series it's probably going to be eliminate the other team from any postseason aspirations unless they win the tournament. Oh. Um, yeah, that's a good so that's point. Really um
0: how about this one, Clemson and Boston College? So Clemson's been playing really really good um in the last 3 weeks and and Boston College I, I expected them to die off after their hot start in the ACC play, but they go and win. Uh, didn't they sweep last weekend? What didn't Boston College sweep last weekend?
1: Um, Boston twelve College, and nine now. I don't remember,
0: I, th- I think they um, yeah they I swept they swept North Carolina. That's right, they did. They did. Um, so it's it's a twelve no. and nine. Like they're hosting Clemson, twelve and nine in ACC play. Clemson nine and nine now. And uh, both have really good RPIs. So, like, that's a series that could play a big factor into, like, Clemson getting into the tournament. I and... really
1: want to see Clemson heat up. I would love to see Clemson take the series. Nothing against Boston College. I want, Grice. Eric I want to see Eric Backish make some noise the next couple of weeks and get Clemson over the hump and into the postseason.
0: Yeah, dude, Caden Grice has been seeing beach balls recently. And I, there's nothing more that excites me than just a big hoss that is seeing beach balls, putting his best swing on balls, and just launching them out of the field. Um, like Caden Grice for Clemson, just a physical specimen yeah, um, that's been 500-foot homers. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to see some other series well, here. Coastal Carolina at Louisville. I think that's a trap series. Because Louisiana gets swept by James Did Madison. Did you say Louisville? I'm at Louisiana Coastal Carolina. Oh, I, was like, oh, at, well, I was like, "How do I miss this series?" And, no, Coastal Carolina at Louisiana. I'm so sorry. Um, but so Louisiana, since beating LSU in the midweek, they get swept by James Madison and like play their way way out of the at-large picture, um, high RPI. But now they get to host um, top ten Coastal Carolina, and it, we've seen Coastal Carolina away from home not be able to score as many runs and like. Their pitching staff is shaky to begin with but I, I think Louisiana could win this series and maybe get some more life towards uh getting into the regional tournament um but if they lose this series and they're they're done they're hey, they're hanging on by a thread
1: hey I guess the Atlant- the eighth unbattle, battle Florida Gulf kind of in the fighting mountain Dews of Austin P. That's a good series um, for the A-Sun title. Um, Austin Peay's one game back. Um, They get Florida Gulf Coast at home in Clarksville. So that's a good series. Um, Not a series we'll be really watching or paying a lot of attention to, but just keep an eye on the the box scores. Uh, Because Gulf Coast is one of those teams that 69 RPI, they've had an unbelievable year, but it's just like, I've been there. I've been in this exact position. You've had a really good year. (laughs) Really quick to thirty win, but it's like that RPI is not good enough, man. And you're gonna yeah. have to win that tournament, which is, and there could be more teams just like them. Really good season, a lot of big win. RPI just not good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, moving out west, there's two big Pac-12 series: Arizona State at Oregon. Uh, really, both of them. One of those two might like, should host if you think about it. They're thirteen and four in the Pac-12, and Oregon's eleven and seven but i mean rpi wise they're, they're both super high right now and uh, a series win for either one of these two teams is really going to boost their their postseason um resume so i'll be watching that one late night pac-12 baseball is going to be fun and then ucla stanford like just to the two of the blue bloods out west ucla struggling right now nine and seven in pac-12 play stanford's first or like in second place i, I guess by half a game 13-5, and five. Um, but this is just a weekend, I mean, a series that we circle every year. Um, looking forward to it. They usually play each other really tough, and uh, UCLA really needs this series win on the road. Like, almost have to have it.
1: I wanted to go back and say something um, about Gulf Coat. They lead the country with 98 home runs.
0: Yeah, I saw that in South They're Carolina's second.
1: Home runs. They're about to break 100 home runs in, let's see in 41 game
0: that's dude that's crazy because run. so in 2016 mercer we had we were in first place in home runs i think with 111 after the regular season and uh coastal carolina ended up passing us because they played like 15 extra postseason games and won the national championship but um dude to have 100 homers in 41 games ridiculous man
1: south so- carolina 92 and 40. Florida 86 and 42, Old Dominion 84 and 40, Tennessee 84 and 41, Campbell, 83 and 40. All of and them Maryland, are of I'm, teams. I'm, I'm not even surprised Maryland's here. 83 and 41. So a lot of big bopping team. Um, and arguably two, two of them might not even be in the tournament. So who? Old, Old Dominion. Dominion. Old Dominion and Maryland could possibly miss it, or Campbell if they fall off the face off. Florida Gulf Coast and Old Dominion are the two first two that jump in my mind they can miss the tournament. Yeah, that's true. So, a lot of big boppers there. Um, any other series before we get into where we can pre we can?
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about this UCLA Stanford series because um, UCLA did really disappointed me last week, and they they were at USC, kind of the new kids on the block. Like USC is fine. Like Andy Stankowitz has been. Re, like just turning around the, the usc program very quickly but i still thought like usc or ucla should have won that series but credit to the trojans they win two out of three they win saturday they win sunday um and so really the my concern with ucla started back in like the middle of march when they lose two out of three against washington they lose two they lose both washington state and the other one gets postponed and uh um, They, like, dropped a game to UC Davis, which is, like, one of the worst teams in the country. And I don't know, man. Like, they – UCLA might miss the tournament because they have three at Stanford, UC Irvine midweek, Cal, Cal State, Fullerton, Oregon State, and then Arizona State. Dude, if you – you have to take all of those teams, like, very seriously. And, yeah, it might help their RPI, but I just – could UCLA could miss the tournament here, dude. I, I'm looking more at it. That would be Yeah, bad. maybe. Um yeah. I mean, I just don't want I just don't want to
1: ramble on too long about some of these teams because there's so much can change. So what we say today could be just completely irrelevant, literally yeah, by Sunday.
0: That's true. Um only other one I, I want to talk about here, like can Alabama win two out of three against LSU? Can they?
1: Sure they can, but do I think it's gonna happen? Depends on what LSU's pitching looks like. Um I think they've got the sh- uh shores is out for the year, but I think that was already known. Um one more guy was probably hurt. So it depends on if Alabama can catch LSU sleeping a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely definitely possible. I mean you saw Kentucky put up a bazillion run that they're getting stomped. Friday or Thursday night in that series. So Alabama, I think, is a similar team to Kentucky. Not as talented offensively, but I think they can they can make they can compete in the series for sure.
0: Yeah. Um. The only one, only other series here, Auburn at South Carolina. Um. Auburn, good team. Like they they have a lot of fight in them, but they're three and nine on the road this year, and they're going to one of the toughest places to play in the country, um, South Carolina. So like South Carolina could extend their SEC um their SEC lead and wins by like quite a bit. Like South Carolina could easily sweep Auburn this weekend and uh just keep keeping that uh the top SEC record.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, hey, one more series that I was gonna mention real quick. Kansas State, Texas Tech. Both teams need this series big time to keep up in the uh, Big Twelve race. Um because it's gonna start Gonna, but I mean, Oklahoma. Hey, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. Oklahoma State back on top. I mean, they're tied West Virginia. But they have, I mean, they have three, I guess they three and three, west three wins, three losses, more. So they've got mm-hmm. two series in front of them. But can you believe Oklahoma State is back on top of the Big West so quietly? They did it so quietly.
0: Yeah, back on top of the Big 12. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, the thing well, with the I Big 12 with. Yeah, you did. But um the thing with the Big 12 is like I would love to see the records from teams that are at home versus away because it feels like the home team always wins these Big 12 series that are that are tight, you know?
1: Hey, Oklahoma State is 7 and 5 on the road, 20 and 6 at home. West Virginia 15 and 7 on the road. Wow.
0: That's impressive. Thirteen
1: and four at home. Fifteen and seven on the road. Um, Kansas State. Let's see. Kansas State. Thirteen and eight on the road. Texas. Texas, What's Kansas State at home? What?
0: What's Kansas State at home?
1: Thirteen and eight. What did I just say? Thirteen and eight.
0: I thought you said that was on the road.
1: Oh, at home. Thirteen and five at home. Thirteen and eight on the road.
0: Yeah, because I knew Kansas State played a lot better at home. Like it's a tough place to play there in the. Pretty similar. Yeah, but.
1: 25 and 5 at home, 3 and 6 on the road. I'm telling you, man, when you look at these teams, teams that can play on the road just as consistently as they can play at home it's a big, it's very telling.
0: Mm-hmm. Texas,
1: 6 and 5 on the road, 22 and 7 at home. Right. So, I mean, based on looking at those, watch out for West Virginia and Kansas State. Watch out for them.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of West Virginia. They just got back J.J. Weather uh, Holt and uh he's like the nation's hit leader and he's played like four less games than everybody else because he was hurt for a while uh, but he is an absolute spark plug like next year could potentially be a golden spikes candidate uh yep. steals bases hits the ball in the gap he's a really fun player to watch um give me give me the winners here this is not a part of our weekend series pick them but kentucky at vanderbilt who do you think wins that series
1: um vanderbilt at home right
0: yeah vanderbilt you think they bounce back
1: yeah, I think. I mean, I think they get to go back home, clean slate, start over, finish the season strong. I think Corbin will have those guys locked in. I mean, this is a very winnable series, and I don't think they let this one slip away.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's do our weekend series uh, pick them, and then we'll end the show. Hey, you want
1: to? You want to? Um, you want to just go through some stat- some stats on the NCAA website before we? Do oh, the you're
0: them? right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot we had that planned. Um, so yeah, go ahead and. List off you success. want to hear some? Here's one of my craziest steps.
1: You know how hard it is to throw a complete game, right? As the pitcher. Yeah,
0: it's rare Almost, nowadays. It's, it's like,
1: yeah. Omar Melendez from Alabama State has four complete games out of ten start. and Blaine Traxel from West Virginia, and he had his four. He had four complete games, but those four were in like the first five, six weeks of the year. Yeah. So. Um, pretty impressive to have four complete games in one season alone. So shout out to those guys.
0: Um, I was looking at the team ERAs and um, like for like, I I guess full teams, like ranking the best teams, pitching staffs or whatever. And the biggest thing that jumped out to me, was like, wake forest has a 2.43 team ERA, right? Number one,
1: they're
0: they're 0.8, Earn run like so the next the next lowest is South Carolina at 3.23. Almost a whole run. Yeah, almost a whole run. And Tennessee at 3.26, Northeastern 3.42, Duke at 3.49. Like there's a bunch. Like there's a bunch between like 3.2 and 3.8. Um, so Wake Forest's pitching staff, I think, has gone severely underrated this year. I know we've talked about it, you know, Sean Sullivan, Rhett Louder, and those guys, but it goes more than just them. Hey, what um, did I text you?
1: What did I text you the other day? After Wake Forest pitching Coastal, I said, Wake Forest has four legit starters, right? You remember yeah. when I texted you that? Yeah. That guy that started for Wake against Coastal, Seth Keener, is second in the country with a .82 ERA. That's yeah, their fourth best starter. Like, are you shitting me? Like, that's scary. <laughs> that's dangerous. That's and, scary.
0: And usually you'll see teams with earned run average. Like team ERA is like pretty low, but then their offense isn't great. But you look at Wake Forest and South Carolina, one, two. Those are probably two, like two of the best offenses in the country, hands down, as well. So, it, hopefully, I mean South like- Carolina.
1: South Carolina being second in the country in ERA, and then if you flip right over on that, they're second in the country in home run. Like, like what? Yeah. And and what's even crazier to me is Tennessee is tied for fourth in home run.
0: And, and they're third. Tied to
1: third in ERA. Yeah. So, like, you're just like, this is a team, just this is like a dormant volcano, just a team waiting to erupt. They just haven't had things going their way. They just can't put it both of those dynamic pitching and hitting. They can't put them together. They can't run the bases and they can't play defense. So once they do put those things together and you know, run the base a little bit better, field the routine balls a little bit better, this team's gonna start winning a lot of games really fast. Mm-hmm. So just watch out for Tennessee. just watch out for that team. By teller will have them ready. they can pitch and they can hit clean up the other stuff. That's a dangerous team right there,
0: oh, yeah, um, I was looking at I'm pulling it back up right now, but the um the total bases, so like individual like hitters, total bases, do you want to take a guess who's uh who's number one
1: in total bases, yeah. it it led better even top 10
0: no 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 no. it's 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 Caglione 149 oh yeah yeah I thought like oh yeah duh like when I was like trying to make some guesses at it I was like oh yeah Jack Caglione's gonna have the most total bases by far uh not so fast uh Edric Felix from Florida Gulf Coast at 148 so just one behind and then Gavin Cash at 145 all three of them yeah from Texas Tech all three of them are sophomores So we're getting a preview to like next year's draft class um and then like of course right behind them is like jake geloff ethan petrie noah chanel charlie condon uh or Condon or whatever you pronounce it condon Condon. um but like i honestly thought like geloff petrie chanel and condon would be up there like right behind caglione but like Edric felix from florida gulf coast and gavin cash you have like college baseball fans They probably haven't heard those names much at all. And like Gavin Cash has over 20 home runs this year. Um, He's dude first baseman for Texas Tech, left-handed hitter, just all the power in the world. Great hitter.
1: If my math comes out correctly, seven of those 10 guys are returning next year, right?
0: Yeah, because we have uh, Petri and Condon, both as freshmen. And then the only, let's see. So Geloff will get drafted really high and Chanel should get drafted pretty high. They'll probably both go, but yeah, seven of those eight – or sorry, seven of those nine guys um, will be coming back. It's crazy. Love to see it. Hey,
1: you remember you remember David Berg from UCLA, the reliever that just broke every appearance record?
0: Yeah, he, he appeared pretty much every game.
1: <laughs> UCLA had the reliever, a freshman, that's leading the country in appearances again. Who is it? Cody DeVelchio.
0: How many appearances does he have?
1: Twenty-seven. Really? And what? How many games UCLA played? Forty. Uh, they played thirty-six. He's appeared in twenty-seven to thirty-six. So what is that? Um, <laughs> what is that? Seventy-five percent of their games. Yeah,
0: seventy-five percent of their games. He's he's come in to pitch. 75% of the game and. Um, is he, he like name, a side Develcio armor? I, I picture him as like a side armor that goes in and gets a couple outs and then let me I want to look out. up
1: a picture. Cody, but while I'm looking that up, you know what that remain, name reminds me of? That little DiVelchio kid from backyard
0: baseball. Yeah, Tony DiVelchio.
1: Cody DiVelchio. Um does not look like a uh, does not look like a side armor. Let me That's... see. Yep, he's a three quarter guy. He's a three quarter arm slot guy. Not really. You said he's a freshman. So.
0: Huh? you said he's a freshman he's a freshman
1: let's see his stat. 36th inning 27 appearances with a points uh with a 0. 0.75 era
0: dang hey that's, that's a weapon
1: that's a bullpen weapon right there
0: you said 0. 0.75 see. era 0.
1: 0.75
0: jesus man
1: 20 hits and in 36 innings. UCLA's got a weapon in the bullpen with him, and a freshman. So, and then Landon Higgerson from Radford, 27 appearances, 48 innings. That's insane. Yeah, my arm falling off at that point.
0: Have um, you seen the uh, the leaders for for RBIs, uh, individual leaders?
1: Uh pulling it up right now. It's, okay, I got it up.
0: Dude, I, like some of these numbers are insane. So Jake Gelof's in first place, 68 RBIs in 42 games. Um, And then like Gavin Cash, Tom. so like Tommy White's at 66 in 36 games, which I don't know the – I'm, I'm going to say – let's just say LSU plays so 56 reg- regular season games. Let's say they play three in the SEC tournament, so 59. Let's say three in the regionals, three supers. So that's another six. Um Let's just say let's just say they play sixty five games this year, LSU. So thirty six. No, sorry, sixty six divided by thirty six, one point eight times sixty six. That's a, like if he played a full season. I know Tommy White's been hurt a little bit, but one hundred and twenty one RBIs if they like made a deep postseason run. That I mean, he still might get to a hundred. Hey, don't sleep,
1: on, don't sleep on Nick Larusso from Maryland. That guy, that guy is an RBI machine. Every time I put on a Maryland game, he comes up with big runners on and he drives them in. He cashes them in every time. I so, hope we
0: see so between Geloff, Cash, Larusso, White, Petri, Lewis, Bender, Caglione, they're all above sixty. Um, I want to see one of them get to hundred. I think that would be the coolest thing in the world because
1: I would. I was, was going to ask this, then I didn't want to ask because I have no idea, but. How often do guys break 100 RBIs in a season?
0: Like oh my or- god! I don't think I think the last person to do it was like in the 1990s. Maybe no, Lance dude. Berkman.
1: No, dude, wasn't no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. NCAA stat record. Hold on, I'm gonna pull this up because um, NCAA stat record baseball. Because I feel like we always get like one a year, one every no. other year. No, dude, no,
0: no way. Are you Are you sure? 100, dude. We have never seen anybody come close to 100. Maybe 80. Run, batted.
1: All right, let's see. Run, batted in. We want to go to. All right. Pete and Viglia, 143. The most recent is Billy Becker, New Mexico State, 2003, 118 RBI. Maybe you're right. Let's see. Hey, Jeff Ledbetter, career leader in RBI. That's Ledbetter's father, right?
0: Oh, I don't know. That sounds like it.
1: Three, four, 346 RBIs in his career.
0: What but like so, so scroll down and see like if there's anybody. Um see if there's Wait, anybody I'm that. To
1: see if, don't they give don't they give the records from or the leaders from the previous year?
0: Um Lance Berkman. What do you have?
1: 121? 2.1, 2.12 2, 2.1, 2 RBI the game. He had 134 in 1997. All right, let's see. Yeah, I don't see I don't see last year's leaders. Why can't I do... Oh, I can do this. I can change... No. Let me see if I can change the word current in the URL to 2022. That link is not... Damn it. I want to see last year's stat leaders. I feel like 100 is not that rare, but kind of rare.
0: No, I think it's extremely rare.
1: How many? I mean, how many did Melendez, Ivan Melendez, 2022 Texas stat? He was an RBI machine last year, right?
0: I imagine so. He hit 32 homers. All right, let's see.
1: Melendez had RBI. He finished with 94. Oh, did he really? He had 94 uh, RBIs last year. Um, Let's see. Baseball reference. College baseball reference. Let's see. 2022 stats. Damn it. Baseball reference. Not everybody wants to just look at MLB stats.
0: I'm really curious. Maybe
1: we'll have to come back to this.
0: Yeah. We might just have to have like a listener just tag us. Like who was the most recent person in college baseball to get a hundred RBIs in a season? I was surprised. Let, well, let me, let
1: me do some research for it that um, tonight or this afternoon or tonight. And we'll, we'll, we'll we'll circle back on that.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's, we we're about an hour 17 in. So let's do, uh, let's do our regional or not regional projections. I'm sorry. Our weekend series, pick and picks. And then we'll, we'll wrap up the show from there. so, um, six weekend series here that we found the most competitive and most interesting, uh, Elon at Charleston, Maryland at Indiana, UCLA at Stanford, Miami at Louisville, Duke at Virginia, and then Texas at TCU. Um, we'll start here with Elon at Charleston. So um, as, as everybody knows, like the, the Colonial Athletic Association, very competitive this year, Like, probably is going to be a two-bid league. Five really good teams, and Elon and Charleston are right there at the top of the standing. So, um, this game is played not too far from where I live. I might pop up there. Might pop up there like on Saturday uh, just to watch. But, like, Elon had a big um, midweek win yesterday against um, Campbell. Campbell, that's right. Yeah, Campbell lost both uh, midweeks. And so, Elon has already won a series here. Over Northeastern, who's probably hey. second best team in the hey. league?
1: UNC Wilmington, two and six against Quad One team, they're first. Northeastern, six and zero against Quad One team, they're a half game back. Elon, one and a half game back, six and five, quad one and Charleston, two and six. So based on looking at this, I think UNC Wilmington and Charleston are good teams, but I think Northeastern and Elon are the two best teams in this conference.
0: Yeah, but what I was going to say here about Elon is like they've lost back-to-back weekend series uh, at William and Mary and then against Stony Brook. So I know this I know. is a huge bounce back. Uh, they just won a midweek against Campbell that was, you know, high emotion. You know, they threw their best arms there. Like at Charleston's a tough test for them. Now I like we we both picked Charleston preseason to win the uh, to win the CAA, and for we a while yeah, for a while we we're like, oh, it's dead like they they were struggling middle part of the year. Um, they did beat like Virginia Tech the first game of the season um and it beat somebody else pretty good, but hey, Elon is nine and
1: five on the road. Charleston is 20 and six at home, so there's not much of an edge there.
0: Yeah, and Charleston just beat Georgia Southern in the midweek. Um, that's pretty pretty impressive. Like Georgia Southern is pretty good in the midweeks this year. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to pick um, – Elon's going to bounce back. They're, there's, they're not going to lose three weekend series in a row. Give me the Phoenix. I think they're the better team. Um They both played pretty competitive midweek games. Yeah, I'm gonna go Elon here.
1: See, I'm kind. This is one of the. I think this is one of the harder ones, in my opinion, of the week and pick them to pick. Um, The re. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Charleston at home. I like them at home. Their record really good at home, and they've got three starters all under a four ERA. Trey Puzer, 285, Ty Good, 336, and Cole Masters, 353. They've got three starters, all under four ERA. They all – I mean, their, their walk numbers aren't bad. Um, their strikeout numbers are pretty decent, not quite one-to-one, but um, and one per inning. But their opponent batting averages are 250 or below. I like it. So give me, give me Charleston at home.
0: Yeah, Charleston is a tough place to hit we played a weekend series there my junior year and it's just like weird vibes. It's kind of like in a city park highway behind left field. Wind always blows in. It feels like, um, so whoever has a better pitching staff is going to win this weekend. It's just, it's, it's too tough to score a bunch of runs there unless the wind's blowing out this weekend, which it it might be. Um, all right, let's do this here. Next series, Maryland at Indiana. We talked about it briefly earlier in the episode. Maryland hasn't lost a weekend series in Big Ten play since 2021. And Maryland's one of those teams that came into the season, I think they were preseason ranked top 10 and quickly fell out. They played a very tough non-conference schedule. And Indiana was a team that nobody was really thinking about. But now Indiana is kind of in a position we all expected Maryland to be in. So I I think that's what makes this series so interesting is um, you you get a team like Indiana who, if the season ended today, they would be hosting a regional. And you get a team like Maryland that are playing their way into like an at-large berth for a regional. Um, I'm going to take Maryland Uh, here. I'm going to take Maryland here. I think they do have a more talented team. And like they usually get up and play against bigger opponents. Um, They played at that tough non conference schedule. And I I don't, I don't picture Indiana hosting a regional when things are all said and done. So they have to lose some series along the way. I think there's a lot of internal pressure at home um, against a really good team. Maryland's going to just play loose. They're going to play their style of baseball. So give me, give me the terps.
1: So I'm going to go ahead and make my pick, and then I'm going to give you some numbers. And you're going to be like, oh, wow. So I'm going to – I pick Maryland to win the Big Ten regular season, and this, this is the series where they need to win to win that Big Ten title. I'm going to pick Maryland. I really like this team. I think the beginning of the season schedule that they had, it, it absolutely prepared them for Big Ten play. They were on the road a lot. They played really good teams on the road, so I really like Maryland. I think they will – when this series. Savakul will get off to a great start. But listen to this. Indiana is 22 and one at home.
0: Oh, shoot. I forgot about that.
1: They're 22 and one at home. But Maryland is 13 and six on the road and 14 and six at home. So, like, it's, it's, it's really interesting because you could be like, dude, Maryland's not losing at home. They're twenty two and one. But then you look at, you're like, dude, Maryland's played a lot of good teams on the road, and they played a lot of games on the road and won a bunch of games. So, yeah, but I'm gonna stick with Maryland, but keep in mind that Indiana is twenty two
0: and one at home. Dude, I forgot about that. Well, that's a stat we bring up all the time, like, wow, they're eighteen and one at home, or wow, they're twenty and one at home. That dude, that is actually like crucial information. I'm, I'm considering switching my pick here because you know what I mean? When, when you're comfortable playing at home and like, you see the ball well, like maybe you're familiar mm-hmm. with the batter's eye or the way the ball hops in the infield, that does play a big, a big thing there, but I'll, I'll stick with Maryland. I think that, I think Maryland's a better team. All right. Next series here, we have UCLA at Stanford. I think this is a pretty easy pick. I don't think UCLA is good at all. Uh, I'm going with Stanford. They they're at home. I know Stanford doesn't always play the best on the weekends. Like they've shown weaknesses a lot, but all in all, like they can smell the big the Pac-12 title. They're half game out. A series win here against UCLA would be great. And wait,
1: wait, wait! I wasn't listening. Did you switch your pick? No, I did not. Okay.
0: Um, but I'm picking Stanford here. I think everybody will pick Stanford. UCLA is just – they're just not the team everybody thought they would be, including myself. Um,
1: I have a bad history with UCLA. When I fade UCLA, they bite me in the ass every single time. <laughs>
0: yeah. When
1: I do pick UCLA, they bite me in the ass every single time. So I, I think Stanford is – God, man, why? Why this is? Why am I doing this to myself? They're ten and seven on the road. Sixteen and five at home. Sixteen and five at home. UCLA six and nine on the road. You know what? Stanford's been playing better most of the year. UCLA. uh, Why is this difficult? Why it shouldn't be this difficult? Let me see. Let me see something real quick. Yep, they lost the game to U.C. Davis at home. That's all I need to see. Stanford,
0: give me Stanford. All right. Um, Next series here: Miami at Louisville. These are two teams I feel like we've had a lot in the weekend series. Pick them. They just seem to play competitive series every single week. Um, I think this is another easy one for me. Miami just is terrible on the road. Louisville is really, really good at home, and it just Louisville has to win this game. They they got swept last week and like embarrassing fashion three pretty much three walk-offs against Duke, but they bounce back and dominate Kentucky. I don't think Miami's comfortable playing anywhere other than Coral Gables, so give me Louisville.
1: I'm not even going to think about this. I'm not even going to think about this. Give me Miami. I'm, I'm not even going to think about it. Just give me Miami.
0: There you go. I love it. Um, now, that game, st- those games start tonight. If, so if you're listening to this on Thursday – that yep, starts tonight. Yep, 7 p.m. tonight. tonight. So yep. if you're
1: listening to this and you're in our competition, lock your picks in by 7 p.m., first pitch.
0: Yep. Uh, two series left. We have Duke at Virginia. Talk about two teams that are polar opposites right now. Duke, red hot. Virginia, very, very cold. Um, Virginia lost a series. Who was it? They lost to Pitt two weeks ago. Uh, two out of three.
1: They lost to Virginia. No, oh, no, they got um,
0: swept by Pitt, didn't they? They lost a couple of weeks. They got swept by Notre Dame, not
1: Pitt. And they lost a series to Pitt, got swept by Notre Dame.
0: That's right. And they also lost a series to Virginia Tech like about a month ago. Uh Duke's playing really good baseball. I, I'm gonna take Virginia here. I mean, they're at home. Virginia has been really good. They're twenty-five and two at home. Wow, they are twenty-five and two at home. I think this is just when their their leadership starts stepping up. They've went through their cold spell. They had two midweek wins, Liberty at Towson. Um So yeah, I I obviously like should pick Duke here, but I'm just gonna believe that Virginia will figure it out this weekend and bounce back and win a big game. So you're rolling with the Cavalier. Yep.
1: Duke can really pitch, and I think (laughs) to beat Virginia, you got to pitch. Seven and four on the road. Man, give me, give me, give me. Mm. I think Virginia bounces back hundred percent. I'm gonna roll with the Cavaliers as well.
0: Okay. Wow, us fading Duke might look terrible because Duke should. Like, if there was a time for Duke to win the series, it'd be now because they're they're just playing better baseball than Virginia. But anyways, um last series here, and we'll wrap up the show. Texas at TCU, a must win series for both of these teams as well. I mean, Texas was in the the first place. They were in first place in the Big Twelve. Then they get swept by Oklahoma, embarrassingly at home. Oklahoma was hey, second worst team have, in the Big Twelve. Should
1: we have had Kansas State, West Virginia, instead of Texas, Texas? No,
0: I like TCU. I like Texas and TCU. It's it's kind of the new rivalry there in the Big Twelve, even though Texas is leaving um, next year. But I, I think this is going to be a very entertaining, high energy series because TCU needs to win this series just as much as Texas. Um, TCU's been playing terribly recently. Um, they did. the The good news is they did come back against Dallas Baptist, and they hit a go ahead uh, grand slam, big midweek win, and Texas dominated somebody like Texas Southern or somebody. But you look at the standings: Texas eight and seven in Big Twelve play, TCU seven and eight. Um, so TCU, if they win two out of three, would be tied with Texas for for fourth place. Let me look here. So how it has yeah, TCU's been playing terribly like like they lost two or three against UNCW get swept by West Virginia they also lost a midweek to Lamar in there and that's after winning two out of three for, um against Oklahoma state i don't know i'm going to go uh i'm going to go texas here I'm gonna pick Texas because I know their pitching staff's getting healthier. They're getting somebody back, Pete Hansen or somebody, um, this week to throw Tanner not, Witt. Yeah, Tanner Witt, not Pete Hansen. That was last year.
1: By the way, speaking of Tanner Witt, I saw Kendall Rogers tweet like his kind of throwing progression that they were gonna put him on. I thought it was pretty, pretty too cautious, too cautious. It was mm-hmm. like 15, it was like 10 pitches a week, and I'm like, dude. Once you, like if you can, you can go 25, your first outing, you can go, you can bump that up to 35, your second outing. Then after that, you can go 50 and then 70 and then 80. Yeah. Like, like you can, you can get up to 80 pitches in five weeks.
0: I now mean, you've done um, it before. So
1: yeah, I, I, I just think it's a little too cautious, but I've also never been a high draft a potential draft prospect. So I can't speak on that. But at the same time, I'm like, dude. If by regional time, that's over a month away. He, he should be should able to be... pick a full game, yeah, five innings, whatever. Um, but he's not. I don't think he's really relevant right now. I don't think he's going to flip a series one way or another. But TCU's been super shaky this year. This, is, I mean, give me, give me
0: Texas. Wow. All right, then if you're taking Texas, I'm switching my pick. Give me TCU. I just looked, yeah. I just looked, and uh, so Texas gets swept by Oklahoma last week, and they really struggled with Baylor two weeks ago. Uh, they won a two-run game, they lost a game, and then they they won a one-run game against Baylor. I think Baylor's pretty bad, and that was on the road. Um, and
1: just remember, just remember, you're fading a guy that's leading, leading you by like 17 games in the pick 'em.
0: Yeah, I need, I need to fade you though. I need to make up some ground. So I'll take the I'll take the home team TCU. I mean, they've shown signs this year. And it's becoming so cliché now, but like sometimes you're like, "Wow, TCU. Like are they a complete team?" Like cuz they you know what I mean? Like they they've won big games throughout the year. So I don't know. Maybe uh I mean that 5 game losing streak this past week was bad. TCU has Texas. Yeah, so TCU has Texas, Cal State, Fullerton, Baylor, and Kansas State left. Gotta win three of those four series there. Yeah, I agree. But um
1: either way, another week, another weekend. Enjoy your weekend, fella. Folks, ladies, gentlemen, mom, dad, boy, girl, enjoy your weekend. And as always, it's a pleasure.
0: Yep. You guys uh have fun this weekend. We'll be back Sunday night. We won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country, and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. Uh, We're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit, Arkansas. He's headed back to Omaha! And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center.
1: Donafrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South.
0: Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a Grand Slam! That one is launched! Where will it land? The Hispanic Titanic with a blast again! Melendez doesn't get cheated!